In our coaching group, Patrice shared that she struggled to do things that she knew were good for her. I've been wondering and debating with myself, she said. Do I even want to feel better? I mean, when I do something that's good for me or lifts my spirit, I immediately get scared and either don't want to do it again or I do the opposite and let it drag me down again. For example, it's nice outside today. I know I would benefit from a walk at lunchtime, but my head screams no and doesn't want to go. My head would rather be indoors and think about what I can eat and be a bit miserable. This is exactly what my struggle is every day with anything that's good or beneficial for me. It seems like huge things to take on and I have to convince myself to do them. Have you ever felt this way? Have you ever felt an aversion or unwillingness to do the very things that would be good for you? Let's unpack this in today's episode. Before we dive in, let me ask you a question. Do you sometimes feel like you're the only one who struggles with their eating, struggles with their mood, or can't seem to take the steps you know will help you to feel better? You look around, and it seems that other people do not have the same troubles. Well, I'll tell you. From firsthand experience, from my coaching experience, parenting experience, and reader of all things in personal development, you are not alone. You are not alone. And why does that matter? Well, part of the pain that accompanies these struggles is a sense of isolation. Dr. Kristen Neff, researcher and founder of the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion, says that self-compassion involves recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy is part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through rather than something that happens to me alone. So if you find yourself piling on and feeling like you're broken, remind yourself that suffering is part of being human and it is something we all share and is also a precursor to progress. So enough of that commercial break. Let's get back to Patrice and her reluctance to take a walk at lunchtime. Why might she, or we, be reluctant to do the very things that may help us? Let's use walking as our example. So you're feeling down in the dumps, and it occurs to you a walk would lift your spirits. So why don't you put on those sneakers and get outside? Well, for one, you might feel tired and overwhelmed, and walking does take some energy, even if you feel better once you get going. So you might just not feel like it. You might have some all-or-nothing thinking, such as, I'll never get in the habit of walking. If I don't make it a daily habit, why should I even bother? You might have perfectionistic thoughts. Well, I can only go for 15 minutes, and that will not be worthwhile. Everyone knows you must get 30 minutes of cardio minimum for it to count. You might overthink it and get caught in a mental debate, should I or shouldn't I? Struggles like this can go on and on. It may be that walking is something you think you should do, but not something you actually want to do. Should is not a great source of motivation. Maybe the pattern of bad feelings is a comfort zone of sorts. Maybe avoiding taking action is well-practiced. Change can be a bit overwhelming, and you may not feel up to it. 
Sometimes neglecting ourselves or letting ourselves get into a bad, bad spot is a way of asking for help or a futile attempt to communicate our distress, even if to nobody in particular. So think a moment, which of these scenarios rings true for you? Let's check back in with Patrice. Only a few months ago, she could not make herself go to the gym. But that has changed. It's now her regular practice. She said, sure, the things I plan ahead go well, like the gym now. But these small day-to-day decisions are hard. And when I plan my day too strictly, I feel trapped want to rebel. Where is the planning, non-planning, sweet spot? And how, if ever, am I going to get to wanting to do good things for myself? I think Patrice is onto something. Having some intention and planning can help us get past our reluctance. Seeing how it helped her start her exercise habit offers clues on how she might approach new habits. Planning when you will do something is the first step in setting up a new behavior. Let's say Patrice wants to get in the habit of giving herself a break during her workday. Getting outside may be an excellent example of this. She could plan to do this every day when she finishes lunch. It could be something like, When I put my dishes from lunch in the dishwasher, I'm going outside to take a short walk. Having a specific intention with an identified cue makes it a lot easier to build a new habit. Now, yes, you may not want to take on a dozen new habits at once and overplan, but take it a bit at a time. It will just get easier and easier. Sarah chimed in. I can really relate to seeing good things for myself as a chore. I even don't drink water sometimes, even when I know I want or need it. But it's like I see it as work or being good, and I just want to be bad sometimes. Sometimes I wish I could just go and do something actually bad rather than being bad to myself. It's weird. I think I've always been so eager to please everyone, and I've always been the good girl. I've grown to crave behaving badly. I really don't understand it. This is interesting. When we label something as being good, there is an implication that it is a should, as in, I should go to the gym, I should call my mother, I should eat healthier. It's something we should do to meet some standard. When something is framed as a should, it takes away our choice and autonomy. It's not coming from within. This is called introjected regulation, and it's only one step away from outright rules. Georgie responded, totally right, Sarah. When you push too hard for the good behavior thing or tell yourself you should or must do X, Y, Z, you naturally want to do it less. Instead, we can think everything is equally okay to do. We can predict the outcomes of certain choices and then free ourselves to pick what we want. Right. This is a great reminder to connect with what we truly want. Do you want to drink water? Why would you want to drink water? If you connect with why this is important to you and think of it as your choice and not a should, you may be able to sidestep the rebellion. You may actually find you enjoy sipping a tall glass of ice water, maybe with a squeeze of fresh lemon. Noticing the enjoyment will shift your motivation to what we call intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is when we do something for the pure pleasure of it. This is the most effective form of motivation for behavior change. I followed up with Patrice. She mentioned that having a plan helped her make the choice to go to the gym. When I asked her more about it, she shared, I took the pressure off it and disconnected it from weight loss. 
Now I go there because I want to build strength to run better and not get injured and do something healthy for my body. But the disconnection from weight loss is by far the most important one. We can see Patrice connected with her reasons and not the shoulds. She recognizes that the outcomes of this activity are something she truly values. For you nerds out there, this is called identified regulation. This is when we perform an activity because it helps us meet a personally meaningful goal. It's also effective. Now, if you can notice some enjoyment while you're at the gym, that will help even more. Now, what about the case where you're just feeling down, and in the moment, you can't seem to make yourself do anything to get out of it? This is a case where we can be our own advocate. We can parent ourselves. We might remind ourselves that while you don't feel like taking a walk, think about how you will feel when it's done. It's okay not to feel like it. You can still do it. Just get your shoes on and let's see. Jane expressed it as taking the smallest step. If she's feeling especially low, she looks for the smallest step in a better direction. It's unrealistic to just snap out of it, but she can, as she put it, stop the bleeding. What she means is she's not solving the issue, but she's just making it a bit better. By taking the small step, it's easier to overcome reluctance. This demonstrates what we call psychological flexibility. Psychological flexibility is the ability to stay in contact with the present moment, regardless of unpleasant thoughts, feelings, and bodily sensations, while choosing one's behavior based on the situation and our personal values. So even though we may not feel like taking a positive step, it is still a choice. So, what have we learned today? Well, if you find yourself not wanting to do something you know would benefit you, consider the following. If it is something you would like to do every day, make a habit of it and start small. Decide when you will do it. Pick a specific cue. Make the action very simple or easy to do. When you finish, celebrate. Allow yourself to be proud for taking the step. Notice if you're using the word should. There is no law that you have to do all of the shoulds. Decide for yourself what is important to you. Decide for yourself if this is something you truly want to do. Think about the value it has for you. When you decide to do something from your own sense of what you want, as opposed to following along with what you think you should be doing, you may feel a lessening of resistance. Because who would you be fighting in that case? It's your own choice based on your own values. You have regained your power. For in the moments where you feel particularly down, think about the smallest possible step. Ask yourself, what is something I could do that would be a tiny step forward? Lower expectations. A complete turnaround may be unrealistic. Just a simple step may give you some relief and be the beginning of some improvement. I hope you found this helpful. Remember, you are not alone in this struggle. We can all learn new ways of approaching our challenges, and with each time we practice something new, we are creating new behavior patterns and new ways of coping without turning to food as a catch-all solution.